Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now, it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. You're listening to KABF Radio in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get all up in your business. But before I do, I want to give a shout-out to R.J. Martino from IPROV, who subbed for me last week. Thank you, R.J., and to his guest, Roland Delgado, an American mixed martial artist. He is a, he's a bad, bad guy, and he has a gym called the West Side MMA, and I wanted to have him on and talk to him, and R.J. beat me to it. He scooped you. He scooped me. Thank you, R.J. Martino and Rolanda, for coming on last week. I heard it was a great show. So for the next hour, my guests and I will be having a conversation of curiosity and storytelling. We will be answering questions via phone and email and giving advice to small business owners and to people who dream of owning a small business. You may be asking yourself, what makes this lady qualified to do this? And I'll tell you, experience. So in a minute, you can email or call and ask me anything. My experience is deep and wide and my advice is free. 40 years ago, with just $400, I started Arkansas Flag and Banner. Since then, it's morphed into simply flagandbanner.com with sales nearing four million that's worth saying again i started arkansas flag and banner with just four hundred dollars and today we have sales nearing four million i started by selling flags door to door then went to telemarketing next mail order and catalog sales and today we rely heavily on the internet in addition over the last 40 years i've navigated flag and banner through two recessions and two wars When people find out I'm that woman who owns Arkansas Flag and Banner, they often say, oh, I've heard about you, and begin asking me business advice. I amaze even myself with all the knowledge I've gained. If you call for advice from me or my guests, you will not be given textbook answers or theory, but you will be given candid advice from our real-world experience. So be prepared to hear the truth. It's not always easy to hear. For instance, you may not want to hear this. In business, there are very few overnight successes. Starting and owning a business takes persistence, perseverance, and patience. When I started Arkansas Flag and Banner, I supplemented my income by waitressing, all while I peddled my flags door to door. After nine years, did you hear me? Nine years of working a part-time job, the company began to grow and solely support me. My first hire was a bookkeeper. My first expansion was to begin the manufacturing of custom flags. The next decade ushered in the Desert Storm War. Flags were scarce, so a screen printing department was hurriedly built to meet consumer demands. In addition to sales and manufacturing, Flag and Banner now has a purchasing department, a shipping department, technology department, marketing, call center, and retail store. And I spearheaded each of these developments. My experience is deep and wide and my advice is free. I hope you'll take advantage of this unique opportunity by calling or emailing me on today's show. Before we start taking calls, I want to introduce the people at the table. We have Tim Bowen, our technician, who will be taking your calls and pushing the buttons. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. My guests today are New Yorkers and multimedia producers, Kim Swink and her husband, Chris Spencer. Though Kim has lived in New York for 20 years, she was reared in Arkansas, and Chris hails from New Zealand. You'll recognize his accent. 
They're in Little Rock today to promote and celebrate the release of a CD which they produced for the new trio called The Wildflower Review, starring Amy Garland, Mandy McBride, and Bonnie Montgomery. Kim Sweek is a freelance writer, producer, and director. Her clients include HBO, Comedy Central, The Independent Film Channel, and Sesame Workshop. Chris Spencer worked at HBO during its meteoric rise in television. HBO did have a meteoric rise. He served as an executive producer on such notable shows as, are you ready? Sex in the City, The Sopranos, The Wire, Deadwood, Band of Brothers, and yes, The Game of Thrones. <laughs> Tim likes I'm that. a huge fan. I in, love Game of Thrones. Check, maybe. <laughs> in 2013, Kim wrote, produced, and directed her first feature film called Valley Inn right here in Arkansas, and Chris served as her co-director. While producing the film soundtrack of exclusively Arkansas musicians, including Academy Award-winning actress Mary Steenburgen and American Idol winner Chris Allen, Kim met singer-songwriters Amy Garland, Mandy McBride, and Bonnie Montgomery, who in the summer of 2015 formed a trio called it the Wildflower Review. It is Chris and Kim's media company, This Machine, Inc., that produced the Wildflower Review's first CD that is being released tomorrow at the Dreamland Ballroom, and we're here today to talk about the business of film production, record production, and share some never-before-heard tracks of the new Wildflower Review CD. Welcome to the Table Entrepreneurs, husband and wife also, Kim Swink and Chris Spencer. Hi. Hi, thank you very much. Actually, I should probably correct my HBO credit. Oh, well. I, I was the executive producer of the marketing creative for those shows, so I was the marketer in charge of bringing those shows to the public. That one little word makes a difference. I wish yeah, I was the executive the shows, producer of Game of Thrones, believe me. Executive <laughs> producer of the marketing. The shows. Uh, well, you ought to be good at promoting this new CD That's that you're right. about to do. We'll see. Um, it's a very impressive resume. Both of y'all. Oh, thank His you. is especially. <laughs> uh, tell us how you feel about your first work. Isn't this your first work on a CD? Well, it's kind of my second because I did the soundtrack of the film, Valley Inn, our film that, that we did together. And a lot of that was producing original music like the one Mary Steenburgen and Chris Allen uh, co-wrote for us and several songs that uh, Little Rock uh, musician and writer uh, Jeff Coleman wrote just for the movie. Um, a few others were recorded. Uh, how I met uh, Amy, Mandy, and Bonnie. Uh, well, I'd already met them, but how I knew that we should do something with the three of them as a group was they each had an individual song on the soundtrack, and then I asked them together to do a hymn that I needed done, that I wanted like real kind of a country harmony. And it was so great, it turned out so great uh, that. I kept pushing Chris to, you know, let's do a record with them. And he kept saying, I, I'm not a record producer, you know, and, and I knew that he could because he's amazing at music. And, and she said, we are now. Yeah, when I finished the soundtrack, I walked in. He was in the bathroom brushing his teeth. And when I finished doing everything that would then have actual CDs of the soundtrack mailed to me, it was all like from uh, disc makers, 
I walked in to the bathroom and said, now we're record producers, and now you need to do that record with, with the girls. So. Was that the music that you'd finished producing for your film, or the yeah. music? So yeah, when you finished so when, the, the when I finished the soundtrack. For um, the film. For the film, and, and was going to have actual records, CDs, then I said, if, okay, well, if, if I can do that and end up with a, th- a box of 1,000 CDs, then we're record producers. Like, what else is there <laughs> to do? What do you do think, it? Chris? What do you think about being a record producer? And do they still call it a record producer, even though it's CDs? Uh, I, they still do call it yeah. a record producer. And the, the first and most interesting thing about it was when I sat in the uh, studio for day one, I thought to myself, all those years of sitting around listening to music and being told that I was a lazy bum are finally going to pay off. (laughs) Because when you're producing records, what you have is a pair of ears, first and foremost. Anybody can do this if you've got the right ears. So, uh, you know, that was sort of my first thought about getting into the studio with these guys. The parallels between producing music and, say, directing talent on a film set are very similar. You have talent with varying degrees of confidence, and they want somebody to tell them, we can do this, this is going to be great, this is going to be all right. It's a very similar process to directing on set. So I went from being very uncomfortable about this to actually sort of settling into a groove because directing on set is something I know how to do. I never thought about it being so similar, but it's the same talents with the same insecurities, and they really just want you to listen and then do what? And then try to bring their vision to, to light. And, and quite often, this is a vision that they have a hard time articulating. So you're there as sort of a translation vehicle, as, as well as some other things. But you're there to listen, to interpret, and to sort of put the artist through some sort of realistic filter so that you end up with an object in your hands that'll make sense to people You know, when you play it to them. So. Let's listen to one of the tracks on the CD. Which one do we want to do first? We talked about um, one. Yeah, let's, let's listen to Bad News, the first track, because it really is, it immediately shows you what gorgeous harmonies the three of them have. The three of them are naturally harmonious. When the three of them start to sing, they lock into a harmony, and you'll hear it right it's, away. It's amazing. They're, they're just gorgeous All right, here we go. First track of the new album. Well, bad news travels like a wildfire Good news travels slow That's why they call me wildfire Everybody knows that I'm bad news Bad news Bad news Everywhere I go Georgia, a lumberjack in Maine. I guess I've been high for fighting every state you can name. Cause I'm bad news. Bad news. Bad news. Everywhere I go. Always getting into trouble. Leaving all the boys who hate to see me. They tried to hang me in Oakland, they did in San Francisco, but I wouldn't choke. Nah, 
broke the road. Oh, they had to let me go. Cause I'm bad news. Bad news. Bad news. Everywhere I go. Always getting into trouble. Leaving them boys who hate to see me go. But I'm always getting into trouble. Yeah, I'm always getting into trouble. Lord, I'm always getting into trouble. And leaving them boys who hate to see me go, go, go. Wow, their harmony is almost like family. That's a lovely way to put it. <laughs> it does, like the, like the way families can harmonize like nobody else can. So who is this, whose song is this originally? It's so, a traditional song. They, it's the public domain, old, old, like mountain song. So nobody knows who wrote it. But probably the most famous uh, recorded version of it is Johnny Cash did it a long time ago, like decades ago. Well, obviously. And the interesting thing about it is with a song like Bad News, it's traditionally sung by a man. And it's great to switch the, you know, to flip the gender switch and have these women stand up and take on that sort of role of, you know, I'm bad news, you better watch out for me, here I come. And we thought it was a beautiful way to lead the record because it's a portent or a gateway to everything that's about to, to be heard. Did they pick the song or did y'all suggest it? I, I actually found it. Um, I found this really great website. There was a guy, I'll try to keep this brief. <laughs> there was right. a guy, um, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Max Hunter, but I'd have to double check that, who was a traveling salesman in the 50s and 60s, and his territory was kind of the Ozarks, uh, Missouri and Arkansas, and he started meeting all these like just like incredibly rural people who would you know be playing the banjo on their porch or whatever, so he started carrying a reel-to-reel tape recorder, and he recorded hundreds and hundreds of people just doing these he, he was, you know, archiving all these traditional mountain songs that didn't really, nobody knew what the origin was. A lot of them probably came from Ireland and, you know, came over uh, from other countries with uh, immigration, immigrants. And so they, he kept all these things and eventually donated all these reel-to-reels to uh, the University of Missouri Springfield. And they have put them online. You can actually go into that archive and click on these songs and it'll be, you know, Joe Fred McCoy on uh, a certain date, Little Rock, or, you know, they went as far south as Little Rock and Hot Springs, but mostly it was uh, north, northern Arkansas and southern Missouri. Missouri. And just hundreds of public domain, you know, songs. And some of them just sung a cappella by like, like just a, off-key elderly woman or you know he just wanted to know what the songs were and then he painstakingly transcribed them into compositions so he also did the uh you know the music the sheet music for them so what a passion this man had and a lot of time on his hands and so i found that and i just started clicking through and listening to these people that are just it's like frozen in time you know it's a gold mine and bad news was so your ears One, came we, into, um, you used your ears. Did you listen with her on all these different songs to pick up? We did. We spent a bit of time listening mm-hmm. to stuff. We found a lot of good material on that. But 
That one really stood out. Yeah, it, it just seemed like a, you know, badass, if I can say that on the radio. <laughs> you can say that <laughs> show, on KABS radio. for them, you know, like, uh, like. You know, you think about um, authors of books doing a lot of research, but in your business, you have to do a lot of research. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of Especially, your... uh, I had to research the business of music, you know, being a, a record company because we had never done that so um you heard the wildflowers while you were reviewing and uh, looking for music for your film yeah and I'm, I'm well they weren't a group yet they i i met them each individually how'd you learn about them um the first one i met was amy uh garland angel. and angel who uh i was introduced to by lisa coleman who uh i just by chance met and her husband Jeff Coleman is a musician so she introduced me to him and he ended up doing quite a few original songs for the film like he wrote them specifically for the film uh, and then another brilliant, uh, brilliant brilliant Arkansas musician by the yeah, way I mean don't he literally just cranked out perfect songs it's like the old Austin Texas isn't it Let, let's just take it's, a beat on that if okay. you don't mind because sure. you know we spend a lot of time working in New York and LA and as people who are working in the creative community in those places, and forgive me for saying this out loud, Arkansas is not top of mind when you think about sort of create a creative hub. But our experience both on the movie and in the music community is that Arkansas, and through its history by the way, is a hotbed of musical and other creative arts activity. It yeah. is incredible down here how many talented people are playing, and are playing so. out in the town every night of the Actors. week. P people Shh, who will blow you away. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> I no. know now. <laughs> no. Now I know. I feel that way about Little Rock, Arkansas all the time. That well, I think more and more people are figuring that out. More and more films are being shot down here. And yes. Uh, it, I think people are starting to catch on to the talent that's in this state all over the state i mean northwest arkansas down el dorado is incredible do you have a good experience central, making your... little rock central arkansas conway all you those. didn't have any problems making a film here as far None. as okay as far as state we thought rules we, or laws or... oh no the, the the film uh film commission and all was very helpful when we made the film and um you know they're uh i think they've I may not be updated on this, but they did lower or do away with the film incentives, at least temporarily, but I think they may have those back, which uh, definitely helps bring filming in. They were in place when we made our films. So, so I want to hear some more music, but before we do, let's remind everybody why you're in town. Tell us why you're in town. Chris? <laughs> well, we have the distinct privilege of uh, premiering the Wildflowers record release tomorrow night at the Dreamland Ballroom. And we are so excited to be in that venue, in a venue with such a storied history. I mean, the fact that, you know, uh, Amy, Mandy, and Bonnie are going to stand on that stage, you know, a stage that's hosted Ray Charles, Louis Jordan, Duke Ellington, Ella Fitzgerald, and on and on, that they will get on the back of that musical line and stand on the shoulders of those giants and go out and play on that stage is going to be a beautiful experience. And we could not have found a better place to do this and just to be able to really say to everybody in the community here these three women have arrived they made a great record 
They're a great live band. They have incredible musicians. And we are going to rock the house tomorrow night. Yeah, and I just want to add that it's uh, celebrating the release of the debut record, but it is also a benefit for Dreamland Ballroom, which is uh, undergoing amazing renovations to try to hang on to and, and bring back this like piece of magical history and we're so happy to be involved in that and we uh we didn't even you know realize the history of it when we saw photos of it and chris is the one who just became dead set on that being the place that that this uh, release party was going to be because he he didn't well, want just the, the typical music venue and well, it won't be typical, and I, and Dreamland appreciates the fundraising that you're doing because some well, of the proceeds are going to the renovation of the Dreamland. Yeah, Ballroom. we're so Thank happy very much. to make. Uh, let's pick another song. I know the listeners are dying to hear it. Which one did we decide to, or did we want to jump to, or did we want to do the last song, or do we want to do the one you like, Tim? I let the producers decide. So we have one more song or two more songs? I think we have two more, songs. Two more songs. Well, I tell you what, why don't we play a little bit of Don't Call It Country, which is, uh, you know, the song that probably has the most commercial appeal, I think, of, well, you could of argue the original that, songs, Of yeah. the originals. Did they, are any of the songs, did they write any? Well, I'll oh, ask they you. wrote all, I'll all ten of them. Only three are cover songs. Okay. So. Right. We'll talk about that when we get back. Don't Call It Country. Enjoy. If you ain't ever listened to Tammy And you ain't heard of George Jones If you ain't ever walked down the levee Carrying your muddy boots on home If you ain't ever whistled Dixie down an all-back road You can call it anything you want, but don't call
That is nice. I think I call that country. <laughs> so did they write that song, or is that a remake? Yeah, Amy and Mandy wrote it, and they they wrote it kind of as a uh, a complaint or protest against the the so-called country, you know, the things that are really like pop country, and it's not real country uh, to them. And then uh, Mandy in one of the articles that just came out this week, uh, I think in Arkansas Times, uh, there was a quote from her saying, you know, that that's what we were doing, and then we ended up writing a, a country pop song. <laughs> so, so, and then when we heard it and started working on it, we said, oh, that's the radio hit. That's like the one that, that could be like played on all the country yeah, radio yes, stations. We, we want to walk that one around Nashville and hope someone will buy it. <laughs> oh, wow. Tell us about that. How do you do that? Well, we're sort of finding that out as we go. Everything about being in the music industry is something that we find out the day that it's happening. Well, we're, we're not going to literally walk around Nashville and try to buy it. They, well, for one thing, uh, they've already got two songs that it's the record's not even been released, and we've already got two songs that have been licensed to be on an episode of Tyler Perry's new series that's on TLC. Is that uh, because of your connection? It is because of, <laughs> anyway, it's because of a wonderful, the, the guy who is wonderful, who was uh, our music supervisor on Valley Inn, and, and uh, he does all of Tyler Perry's music supervision. So, so it is kind of who you know. Are we allowed to say his name? I, I'm going to say it. Because you know he deserves the credit, but uh, I, I I hesitate to just because I don't want him to be inundated with calls from <laughs> musicians wanting to get their oh I, I'm right. you to get their um, <laughs> music license. But, okay, don't say it. But, no, no, I'm going to say it. It's Joel High, and he's just he's amazing. He he was like music supervisor on the movie Monsters Ball and he uh, all of Tyler Perry's movies uh, other you know non Tyler Perry movies and he does all of Tyler's uh I, I think we've got a television call. stuff and yeah Joel it might is, be my mom Joel, calling Joel is brilliant listening. all right let's see who it is <laughs> hello caller you're on the air have you got a question hey this is Mark Cooper i just want to tell the ladies congratulations i i will tell them if they're not listening that you said that the, are yeah, you coming well, tonight mark hey, i'm sorry Tomorrow night. Are you coming tomorrow night? I'm going to try to come tomorrow night. I have to bartend for a living, but I would love to make it down there. Um, and and uh, Friday nights, Saturday nights are always my big gig nights. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely want to come down and check it out. Well, you can buy a CD. I, yeah, I know these ladies and their awesome talents, and, and I, it's just really exciting to hear this project come to its entity. Uh, and... and I applaud all you guys for your work and carry out. Thank you. I appreciate you putting this on air. You're welcome. Thanks, Mark Cooper. We'll tell him Thank you called you. with a shout out. Thank you. You're welcome. So it is almost a sellout tomorrow night, isn't it? Isn't it sold out? Uh, well, it, it's on Eventbrite. I think uh, last time I checked, there were 23 out of, you know, 250 yeah. tickets left. Um, yeah. But, so it's on Eventbrite. But I know that people are coming to buy them at the door so really it is technically sold out already so i don't think you, there'll be anybody more night there might be some i don't want to discourage someone from coming to see but uh you know we have to stick within the uh, max capacity of the building obviously if they so. can't come like mark can't because he's probably working um they can get the cd 
Yes, it starting goes, tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. It's being released tomorrow. Uh, it'll be available at cdbaby.com slash cd slash the wildflower review. That's our exact um, uh, Landing website. Page. Landing and page, you can yeah. buy either a physical CD or a download of it starting tomorrow, the release date. And then it'll t- it takes about a week to two weeks after it's on CD Baby for it to be on iTunes and it'll, it'll be uh, available on Amazon and you know I just I, so I after had a week to bring a you list can get it on where all, oh sure so after a week you can get it on iTunes a week to two weeks it, iTunes like has their own process that t- sometimes can take the most would be two weeks well, t- talk to me about the business of getting it on CD Baby and iTunes and Amazon is that a big deal it's not anymore, which is why I was able to walk into the bathroom and say to Chris, we're record producers now because uh, websites like, you know, first we go to discmakers.com uh, uh, and you, everything's done digitally. You upload the music, they do their quality check, you upload all the information, then you upload the artwork, which I want to give a shout out to Isaac Alexander, who's also a musician who's going to be singing uh, in in our uh, created choir tomorrow uh, night on a couple of the songs. But uh, Isaac is also an amazing uh, graphic designer, and he designed the CD uh, artwork. So you and know, he's you from upload, Arkansas. and he's from Little Rock, and uh, you upload the artwork, and you're you know able to talk on the phone you know with them constantly there all those all these websites that just happens to be the one i used for our soundtrack and for this so you upload your music you do it all all remote you know like you don't have to be at you know a a manufacturing facility and um you do it all online and 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 they send it to you when they mail you the cd yeah they send you then you order your cds they get them done very quickly so we have a you know you we gave you one of the cds Uh and um then they you can choose to dis- distribute through their partner uh, CD Baby, and I chose that rather than trying to get it on all those individual things myself. So they distribute it for you. They and do that's all why the it work takes a week. You, yeah, you only have to do you know the registration with CD Baby then, and then they send it on to all the partners, which are iTunes, Amazon. And then uh, they get a percentage, I guess, of everything that sells? Yeah, well, they, yeah, and it's not that that much, so. Um, so anybody can, it can get published, yeah, I well, guess. Yeah, well, it's, do, it's, it's serious, do-it-yourself DIY. They even, you know, there's like a big DIY uh, uh, distribution conference or musician conference in Nashville every year in August, and I'm going to go to that just to learn more about, you know, the you don't distribution. Do enough. Yeah. So let me yeah, tell you. I don't have enough on my uh, to-do her list. Her husband's laughing. <laughs> Chris, Chris you, is laughing. You should see her to-do list. It's truly frightening. <laughs> so what about the wildflower? So I know you met each of these girls individually. How did you figure out they all sang together? And what about their singing did you fall in love with? Well, uh, they've known each other for a while and have been friends but it's Kim's movie that really brought them together as a musical unit, as a trio. And the amazing thing about the three of them, if you take each woman individually, in Amy Garland Angel, you have somebody with a very earthy, bluesy, rootsy mm-hmm. tone, and she's got kind of a bottom end to her vocals that are, 
I mean, she's incredibly soulful, right? Yeah, and, ra- and uh, you know, like that good Bonnie Raitt kind of raspy voice. I mean, she's got that earthiness. And then you have Bonnie Montgomery, who has an incredible range. Bonnie is a trained opera singer. She's uh, written an opera about the early life of Bill Clinton uh, that's playing around right now. And so her vocal abilities are world-class. And then you have Mandy, who's got this really beautiful kind of mid-range and has a very sort of longing... Mm. kind of melancholy quality to her vocals and you put these three different voices together and something absolutely beautiful happens with that alchemy yeah and and mandy's just got that pure you know like an emmy lou harris kind of purity to to her voice so think of her as innocent yeah a a purity yeah Yeah. like she just well she's just sweet sweet as anything and she really is she seems they all are yeah so did they did, did did they decide to be the wildflower because of you, or did they decide? Well, they decided to take it to a level that was beyond just hanging out on one of their porches and and playing and being and an drinking beer. A real <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and they decided to take it to like a professional level. They decided, or the, you decided? Well, well we encouraged. Kind of, yeah, and we we started right away. Well, I started trying to talk Chris into, you know, that's when he was saying, I'm not a record producer. Um, but I kept telling them, I, wa- I want Chris to produce a record for you. <laughs> and um, so they got kind of serious about it. And they uh, were starting to write some songs together. And then, you know, they they were calling themselves the Wildflowers, which is what they were going to be called. But when we started recording and I wanted to do a Facebook page for them, that's when we found out that there's a fairly successful UK band called the Wildflowers, so we had to change it to the Wildflower Review, um, which we like anyway. So, um, so yeah, they just uh, oh, they got a big show at Ron Robinson and sold it out, you know, and they weren't even really kind of a, it was their real official thing as a group. They were still it was calling encouraging themselves the Wildflowers. And validated kind of who they were. Yeah. What, Chris? He's about yeah. to say something. Well, the thing is, the origin story of the whole thing is kind of interesting, too, and very Arkansan. I mean, we started out going to visit them at Amy's Cabin, which is by the Red River, in the middle of rural Arkansas. Well, when we knew we were doing the record, yeah, we had a, a writing retreat for five days at the Little Red And Red we literally River. sat around the, the fireplace while they kind of worked on their songs. And the outdoor fire, like the fire pit, it was like and it was awesome. uh, you know, watch them kind of bring the beginnings of these songs together, and then we sort of started to chime in. Well, what about this for this song? What about that for that one? And we sort of became a melded unit, really kind of around the fireplace. And you know, the way I like to think of it is that they sort of took the music from music they could stand around and play in their bare feet to now music that they probably have to wear shoes to actually go play. <laughs> They'll build boots. That's a very Arkansas and what they're putting. They're going to wear boots. They're not going to wear they're, yeah, I know all those exactly. girls. They all wear yeah. cowboy boots. Butt kicking boots. <laughs> so you guys are, well, let's play another song and then we'll come back and talk about what y'all's business side of it is. Well, why don't we play one of the covers? Because the, the, the thing that they do really well is that they can take something unexpected from somebody else and make it their own. And as a former punk rock guy, I really wanted them to do a punk cover. And this is uh, a song that they have always wanted to sing. All right, here you go. Enjoy it. 
face up to the facts I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire Don't touch me, I'm a real life So Bonnie was, yeah, that was different. That was a different take on Talking Head. Uh, what's the name of that song? Psycho Killer. Psycho Killer. <laughs> yeah, that's a different spin. So right then you heard Bonnie, our opera, our trained opera singer, singing, singing in. French, yeah. I was Bonnie's very, <clears throat> very amateurish French coach for that uh, <laughs> vocal session. You speak, oh yeah, that's right. You have a degree in French, don't you? Well, I, from a million years ago. But, I didn't uh, put that in your bio when I read. I wrote the French part out phonetically on paper for her, <laughs> and she got it exactly right. Well, to do opera, and she's a trained opera singer, you have to know German, French, and Italian, don't you? Isn't that correct? You at least know, have to know how to pronounce those Yeah, languages. you have to be able to read it phonetically, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. So, did you, you help with their names? We've talked about that. What do you think? Chris, you said something earlier about... I said to you, do you think you're going to be a record producer and do this again? And you said... Well, I tell you what, if I could do that for a living, that's all I would want to do from here on out. I think it's... I think getting... I always wanted to be in the band, and I'm never going to be in the band. (laughs) But this is as close as I can get, because I'm standing in the middle of, say, the Wildflower Review, and they do something, and I go... Oh, okay, well, um, that's good. Well, should we do another one? And at that moment, I realized, wow, I'm in the middle of this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful feeling in the world, especially when you're working with 
people who are talented and passionate and who care about what they're doing because mm-hmm. they had all the integrity I just had the encouragement so uh, being a film producer I was going to come back and talk to you about exactly what your role is you have to do a lot of research to pick help pick out songs you have to be a coach you said a confidence coach during the recording sounds like you have to speak a little French no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, and then, since you have uh, experience in marketing, do the producers usually go on to the marketing side of it also? Is that what you're going to do? No, but we're acting as a label as well. <laughs> so that's what the label would do. But, you know, uh, sans a bona fide label, we're, <laughs> we're, do, we doing well well. we're doing that as well. We might as well do that as well. What did you say is a bona fide label? What did you say the I label? said sans without, you know, like in... in lieu of having signed with you know universal recording what? uh their this machine is uh is that the label? the label that is the label it that's a now. woody guthrie reference right. yes well absolutely done. <laughs> you get, you get 10 it. points for that one <laughs> yeah nobody would get that what's the reference that he on his guitar he would write this machine kills fascists that's right meaning music you know can overcome you know the, oh. the worst Boy, yeah, you need to explain that because that was on my list of questions to ask you. What does the name <laughs> "This Tim. Machine Kills" fascists? Now I get it. So it's "This Machine Inc." because you're going against the man. Yeah. Going, well, even though the ink kind of <laughs> belies. There's the, a little irony in There the is ink a little part. irony, but uh, uh, yeah, going hopefully the, the art we create will, you know. Yeah, you're incorporated be, with the man, but uh, well. so you said something about you have a creative choir tomorrow night what does that mean yeah amy and and the girls have put together uh, well i think it was chris's idea originally uh that there's a couple of songs that are uh have a gospel feel to them ain't no grave and with grace and i'm not sure there may be some other songs that the choir is going to sing with but chris you know wanted like a big gospel you know or not big but a gospel choir to back them up uh, and you know, really like fill out those uh, songs. And uh, Amy has pulled together. Uh, and I'm sorry, Mandy and Bonnie, if you also were involved. Sh- I but, know Charlotte's in the car. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I have the list. I can like, call it up. But uh, and then your friend, Amy pulled together. Isaac Alexander is doing it. Brad and um, I think it's Brad well, how and many people Amy are gonna be on Williams. Stage? Brad of the Salty Dogs. You know, I mean, it's. It is an all-star like, <laughs> uh, show tomorrow night of, of Little Rock talent. Because, I mean, the fact that, like, Brad Williams and Isaac Alexander and, and these other, you know, like, amazing artists in their own right are willing to be the backup choir because they love Amy and Mandy and Bonnie so much. And, and uh, you know, we'll have, like, pretty much the entire Salty Dog, I guess we do the entire band of the Salty Dogs there. Nick Devlin plays, you know, the guitar for the Wildflower Review and um, Brad's singing. It's such a loving community. Oh, it's, I I just can't get over how amazing everyone is. And everyone, because you can't just wear one creative hat, I guess, and make a living, you know, so every, you know, Isaac has his own career. He's going to sing with them. And then he's a graphic artist who did our CD 
cover artwork beautifully. And, you know, everyone wears several creative hats. What's uh, next for you? This is a big deal. What's it's, You're going to go sell the CD down in Nashville. <laughs> and Chris walk is going to walk and knocking doors. Chris is going to walk door to door. And then... And the, and and the rest is just all cash. Cash, then, cash, cash. And then what is next for you We're just going to rake in the millions. Then. You said something about this has been one of your most favorite creative jobs you've ever had. What are you going to do next? Well, we'd like to do more music. Yeah. We're just tr trying to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. See, but no. Arkansas seems like a good place to start. We, we, we need, like, at least one assistant before we do the next one. Because <laughs> it has just been, like, uh, you know two-person show on the business end of it. So. Are you thinking about hiring somebody? Uh, well, we'd have to hire someone, at least uh, freelance or part-time, to get through. We, we need to anyway. I mean, Do you work out of your home? We're still doing television like all the time, and we really need an assistant anyway. What are you working on yeah, now for we TV? we work out of our home. Chris can tell what he's working on right now. I'm, uh, I'm working as a consultant for Nat Geo. For what? The National Geographic Channel. Oh, I saw that I, you did some work Yeah, for I've them. been down in D.C. doing some work for them. They are getting into the scripted drama content business, and they're doing a beautiful show with uh, Ron Howard and Imagine Entertainment with Jeffrey Rush as Albert Einstein, and it is a, it is a beautiful piece of work. So I'm helping them with that. Um, and he's overseeing that. He's, he always undersells himself. He's, they, they he's overseeing are, all of the marketing and promotion of that. The you know, having been through the HBO experience and kind of seen, you know, when, it, when a network really comes into its own. And, and now I'm shilling for Nat Geo, but I tell you, they are a network oh, on the verge. They're, they're worth shilling they're for. They're incredible the, network, the networks. Brilliant people, and I'm really lucky to be involved. So that's, that's what I'm doing on the commerce side of things because we, one thing we did not mention is that music is a vow of poverty. <laughs> <laughs> right now, anyway. <laughs> if you're a musician or if you're a producer of music, for all but the very few, it is a vow of poverty, so you better love it. But if you hit it big, you hit it big. That's right. And Yeah, we're going to go for that. <laughs> go for the big or the, at least the medium. So what are you going to do, Kim? Well, I work with Chris on, I mean, I, I basically production coordinate and production manage and yeah. script uh, She's the brains behind the operation. That's <laughs> what's take going care on. of. Uh, I I don't do so much producing uh, in television myself anymore. I did it freelance for so many years. And when you're freelance, you work way more days and hours than someone who's on staff at a network. Because you you just as a freelancer, you get that disease where you can't say no because you're you think then you'll never get another call, so you way overbook yourself. And I, I really wore myself out doing it, you know, with a lot of time, a lot of productions with Sesame Workshop where I'd have 44-year-old kids that I was directing and, you know, just things that, like, really through 20 years of doing it just wore me out. So I'm really just uh, so you work working out of your with home. Chris and this machine. So you work out of your home. Uh-huh. And if you in did, and if you did hire somebody, you would probably would they work out of their home, or would they have to come to your house and work in your home? No, they would not need to work in our home. Uh, you know, everything can be done so remotely. Yeah. Now, yeah. And just no, do it so by the job. Yeah, it'd be you know. I mean, uh, I think a, an assistant would be the first thing, and and like you said with flag and banner a bookkeeper we've got to get i mean we have obviously our own uh, bookkeeper but we're gonna have to get someone specifically on 
for this That's machine. a waste of a talented person's time. What is? Bookkeeping. <laughs> you need to have a bookkeeper. That oh, is you a mean waste. a waste of my time? Yes, okay. <laughs> it is absolutely a waste well, of your time. I wouldn't even be able to waste my time doing it because I'm just not that, I don't have do that you kind recommend, of head. Do you recommend your career to other people? I don't know a lot of producers out there. Do you recommend your career? We have some. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had fun for a long time, and Whoa. so has Chris. It's hard work. It's harder than you think. It's harder. It's it. It is hard work. It's a difficult club to get into, especially the yeah. film and television side of it. There's like a, it's sort of like a velvet rope situation. Once you're inside, it's fantastic. But the amazing thing about, say, working in television marketing is that you're sitting there with a show like The Sopranos, right? nobody knows about it that it does the name doesn't mean anything to them and you're charged with this job of you are the person or you're part of the group that's going to introduce this thing to the world and you have this tremendous opportunity in front of you you know the thing is incredible now it's up to you to do something about it so you get to sort of hit launch on something that is going to go right around the world and you know that is a real thrill so when you get in tight with these kinds of incredible projects where amazing people are doing their best work and you get to kind of bring that out it is an incredibly rewarding experience yeah and these shows and, and producers know the value of the marketing and promotion so you know you if you're working in marketing and promotion you get to be intimately involved with the you know the shows I mean Chris Chris is shot with the cast of like he's directed the cast of Game of Thrones and Sopranos and all of those people in promos and, and trailers and things that were not just being cut from the show. And so you he's have to move been to New involved York? with all those people. You can't be a producer here, or do you have to move to New York? Because both of y'all met, did y'all meet in New York? Well, yeah. you, pro you probably have to be in one of the we bigger television <laughs> markets if you want to work on a thing like that. But there's a lot of great local stuff going on now. Sounds like I mean, it. Chris used uh, a lot of Barry Pointer. Barry Pointer would, uh, oh, who yeah. engineered our our record. Uh, he's amazing at Pointer uh, recording. But when Chris was at HBO for years, for ten years, he would, if they needed original music, he'd call Barry up, tell him the feel he wanted, and Barry would compose something. And yeah, so a on, lot of Barry's music was on HBO. On, on, on well, it's the H was on the HBO. A lot of the HBO theme stuff. Barry Pointer is a state treasure. Yeah. Like everybody in Arkansas and elsewhere should know about this guy. Well, well everyone in music in well, tell Arkansas does know about him. Okay, Bar Barry Pointer is a, is a musician himself. He has a long musical history in the state. And he is a recording engineer and a mixer. And, and producer. Yeah. And he is a brilliant artist who brings the best out in people. And, you know, this, we have this gorgeous sounding record that sounds just right <laughs> and it sounds just right because barry is brilliant barry has and dog ears as chris and <laughs> yeah i'd call him dog ears he'd go did you hear that she was flat and i'd go <laughs> sounded good to me nothing. sounded great to me <laughs> but so he'd say no gotta gotta do it again and it's a, and the we've record's got a, pristine we've, I mean. we've got a film producer who i think's got a movie that was at the golden globe that that uh, racial movie what was what what moonlight i loving Loving. Oh, Loving, yes. that's loving. right. Isn't that, uh, that's an Arkansas movie. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was shot in Arkansas, but it's... Um, the, it's uh, now Arkansas I'm going to blank. It's Jeff, an Arkansas um, producer. You know, he did Mud and Jeff... 
Yeah, he did. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I'm... Nichols. Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols. Yes, very successful. Well, he's he's famous now, so... Well, uh, he's from Arkansas also. Yeah. And I think he did... I wonder if he started... He did Mud in Arkansas. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Matthew McConaughey. How's your film doing? It's doing well. It uh, went... You know, we didn't do a theatrical release. Uh, You know, it's a a very low-budget, very uh, low-budget... independent film but uh it's uh, walmart bought it it's oh, the, good. I mean, there's lots of yeah it's it really for a for a low budget independent film it's doing quite well well so. you started this cd that you're, that's being released tomorrow you started it in 2015 and it's 2016 did it take all year we've got three minutes left did it take all year to put them to put the cd together uh, it was really 2017 but but um, you started a, the film. We started working we started on it. CD. We started working on this record in the summertime. Of 2015. We, of no, 2016. 2016. I, I, I made a typo. Oh, so it didn't in take In the very spring long. of 2016. And we came down to Arkansas every weekend and worked on it. Y'all were much. obsessed. So y'all just worked obsessively about it. We took over Barry Pointer's life. Yeah. His wife never saw him for the entire yeah. summer. You want to well, give a nice well, shout out to her? Yeah, yes, Robin. Ro- Robin, Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Robin Pointer gets a gold star for just putting up with well, this bunch of hooligans that, that showed up every with. weekend. We took over Barry on the weekends, which is when she would have seen him. So, <laughs> so. Chris and Kim, y'all have birthed a new CD. You're now record producers and you own your own company. Here's a cigar for birthing. Oh, a cigar. <laughs> Fantastic. Yay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That came from the Humidor Room at Colonial Wine and Spirits on Markham Street in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm so glad to meet y'all, really. Y'all are an amazing couple. Oh, I'm thank really looking you. forward thank you to very tomorrow much. night. We've got a few tickets left. Not very many. Not very many. They on need to go on Eventbrite right now if they want to buy some. I think there's maybe 20 on Eventbrite. And, and they can come buy the CDs tomorrow night at Dreamland. Tim, you'll be mm-hmm. selling them at the door, right? Even if they can't get in, they can well, come and true. buy yeah, them at the door. Well, that's true. Yeah, we can have a big can box of yeah. them at the door, and so if you can get them yeah, hot so off the presses. Boy, <laughs> so. yeah. So you can get, and also they will be available on cdbaby.com tomorrow, mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. Yeah. And today you got to hear a little bit of the music. Thank you very much for sharing that with the listeners. Thank you. Um, again, my guests today were record producers Kim Swink and her husband Chris Spencer. If you'd like a copy of the Wildflower Review CD, it will be available tomorrow. Uh, my guest next week is Rich Cosgrove, owner of Whole Hog Cafe. I hope he'll bring us some. Mm. We'll be talking barbecue and business, two of my favorite things. <laughs> Add blues in there and we'd be done. Barbecue business and blues. Uh, also, if you have a great entrepreneur story and you would like to share it, I would love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org and someone will be in touch. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also about me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next Friday at 2 p.m. on KABF Radio in Little Rock, Arkansas. Until then, be brave and keep it up. (laughs) 
you've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Want to hear today's program again or want someone else to benefit from it? Jot this down. Within 48 hours, the podcast will be available at upyourbusiness.org or at flagandbanner.com. Again, that's upyourbusiness.org. Click on the tab labeled podcast. There you'll find today's segment with links to resources you heard discussed on this program. Carrie's goal to help you live the American dream.